This episode of Pot of the Jam is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. I just really want your brother's birthday to be perfect. So, are you ready, Michael? Yeah. One, One two, two, three. Who's excited to see the banana splits? Yeah! Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's gonna kill me tonight. I promise never to play with the Ouija board again. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Hey, you guys. Maybe he's right. So I'm supposed to keep dying until I figure out who my killer is? You want to live to see tomorrow, right? Hi, kids. Put on your ha- happiest faces because the Banana Split Show is about to begin. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast of The Jam. That's right. We have a name officially, not like the name we had last episode that was wrong. <laughs> anyway, hi, I'm Gene. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Shori. I just waved. I know. <laughs> we <laughs> okay. So you'll be noticing we always, we um, are recording a little bit differently because even though we are recording in the past from when you're <laughs> hearing it, this is actually day one of Melbourne's fourth lockdown. And um, rather than go, well, what are we going to do? We are all sitting in our homes recording. Yep. Yep. In, in our comfy clothes. Although I must say we pretty much always just I don't even have pants on. in our comfy clothes. <laughs> But that's just normal, right? Even when we yeah, rock much. up at your place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's why we always make eye contact with you, Dean. Yeah, exactly. Just don't look down. <laughs> don't look down. But even though we are doing a podcast, we're looking at each other through the screen. So we all wave to each so other. We're like waving. Idiots. Yeah. We are extra comfy, though. I've got my tracky dacks and my unicorn slippers on, which, of well, course, our listeners can't see. I just held them up to the screen. Yeah. We Imagine them. Did anyone else have that interesting feeling this morning? Because after all, we had that massive lockdown last time. Like, I was like, what are underpants even for? Like, I could just wear pants because I'm not going anywhere. No one's coming into my house. Like, who have I got to impress? Do you know what, though? I have, okay, I have attempted to just sleep with jammies and no underpants because apparently it's healthier. It's better to let your junk breathe. breathe. But I can't do it. It feels uncomfortable. So I, I I have never thought to myself what I underpants even for because to be honest, I just I can't go without them. Yeah. I can't I can't sleep in clothes. Like even if I just wear a pair of jocks to bed or socks because it's cold, I wake up and they've been thrown <laughs> One out. Sock. Or, like, now I've got crazy. an image of you in my mind just wearing jocks and socks to bed. Is I'm that nutty. what you do sometimes? Nutty. I'm nutty. Oh, okay. So you can't was, even I handle can't. the socks. No, can't even. Do I just it. pictured Dean as like one of the red hot chili peppers where they just wore the one sock. <laughs> Shuri, are you the same? Because this, in my experience, this seems to be a dude thing that even when it's really cold, they have to sleep either in the nutty or. No, I've got. Very I have little. my pajamas still on. Oh, I'm wearing oh Chicago, Chicago Bulls pajamas. Yeah, excuse you haven't actually me. gotten out of bed as well. No, like, I'm, so I'm literally laying is, in um, bed right now. And excuse me, I want to know where you got those jammies. Oh, I got them from the NBA store in New York. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> now, I, want, we, I want those. We did say we have a new title because I remember. Remember at the la- end of last podcast, we were like, Maybe "Yesterday, we've sorted it. Yeah, mm. it's done." What was it? Um, I know what you did last podcast, mm-hmm. and then and Shory had checked and everything was fine, and now it's time for a segment I like to call "Shame Shory," because <laughs> Shory yes. didn't actually check the internet. Shory just checked Apple. Yeah. And and That's was like, yeah, sure. Sure, he didn't do Spotify. his research. 
Exactly. So it turns out there is a podcast called I Know What You Did Last Podcast that has nothing to do with horror. And um, we were all so happy that we'd finally came up with a name mm-hmm. that we we were ecstatic. And then it just turns out Shory's crap at research. So instead, Among other now things, we, yeah. we had to research again. It turns out there has also been a podcast named um, the podcast of the jammed but they did four or five mm. episodes in 2017 about nothing so we're we're <laughs> taking it and we're rock and yeah. rolling so welcome and if there is any issue we've figured that we can use the the little byline 31 days of horror in our yeah. title yeah. podcast of yeah. the damned 31 days of horror so if there's any totally. issue we can do that we're fine i mean it's, speak it's, to my it's like, if only we had a researcher in the group that could have looked this up <laughs> right i mean i just love we're at the it end of our been. first week of of recording yeah. and we finally have a name, which I think is cool. And we finally got a name. <laughs> that doesn't matter. The listeners don't that, know. Even though we're recording in the past, today when all of you are listening to it, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it's come out, it's Em's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, we can't sing that. It gets in trouble. Yeah, no, I, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> not after the films we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Happy birthday. I, yeah, I, I get two birthdays this year. Woo. Yay. I don't know how I feel about being being aged more quickly. That's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm <laughs> cool with that, but, you know, uh, two birthdays, two celebrations. I should have got cake. Oh, we were going to have cake if we were going to we be were. meeting in person. That's right. We were going to have cake. I had plans to bake an amazing, like, vegan chocolate cake and it was going to be just the best, but... And I had plans to make something that wasn't vegan but was chocolate, and I would just eat that. And you would just eat it. Yeah. You and I would eat it. Yep, yep, totally. And I'd get a whole cake to myself, so everyone wins. Woo! That's it. Which which brings us to our movie themes because, as we talked about last podcast, we have taken inspiration from birthday being a part of a film. Mm -hmm. That has Mm. been our picks. Now, I haven't future past edited the podcast together yet so i don't know whether or not we've kept in the conversation about the films that we've picked in the last episode <laughs> i don't think we did talk I don't about think, no i don't think we did yeah. no so when looking at what makes up a birthday horror film we decided mm. it just needed to touch on birthday in a little bit there are some of them that dive heavily into it and it's a part mm. of the storyline of the law and there are other ones where it's just a means to an end in regards to it like the film that i picked which was the banana splits. Mm-hmm. I picked the banana splits because ever since Shory showed me this, uh, the trailer, which is literally better than the film. Um, ever since Shory showed me that, I was like, I have to watch it because I loved the banana splits as a kid. I remember growing up seeing them. The fact that someone thought to make a horror film was really, really awesome. But let's tell everyone else about the rest of the films we're picking today. So, yeah, so my pick was uh, Happy Death Day, which is probably the the film out of the three for this episode that is more really really actually focuses on the idea of a birthday. Um, And I quite like how they've taken the idea of, because when we thought about it and started having a look around, there's actually not many horror films that take the idea of a birthday and rather than just using that as the genesis of um the rest of the film it actually really focuses on a on a birthday as something that's somehow horrific um and and this film does that uh and i think it's not a bad film so that's look considering after picnic of having rock at hanging rock last time Mm, i think we've done very well with the three selections that we've got and shuri what about your pick so I picked a movie, um, I went for the the B grade, as I always do, mm-hmm. and mine was called Don't Panic. 
and it mm. it literally just it is opens with B? a birthday. Is that B grade? Oh, I'm is probably it? talking it up a little bit to be honest. I was about to say, is it maybe <laughs> C grade? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it 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 starts with a birthday party, and it's sort of mm. the catalyst to what happens. Um. And has the greatest collection of mono brows I've ever seen in film. Oh, I'm so just, much, so much. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm just laughing already thinking about that movie. Like, I just, oh, man. Anyway, now, we'll get into it. So we are, we are in the first day of lockdown, but what I did with my day before is I've actually binged. We're recording two episodes today. Yes. So yesterday I bitch, binged, bitched. I binged. So you bitched and films. binged. Yeah. You bitched. <laughs> we all bitched I, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I binged six films all at once and and I did um, all the birthday ones in one huge batch, which was actually a brilliant ride to experience. Mm. Was there a particular order that any of you watched them in? I mean, I didn't binge them in one session. So no. I, I started with um, Don't Panic. And then a, a few nights later, watch no, the banana. Panic. We're moving to another episode. No, no, we're, not. no we? we're doing don't panic. Yeah. We're doing don't panic. Don't panic. Wait. You've gotten confused. <laughs> Happy death day. Happy yep. death day. Don't panic. Banana splits. And don't banana panic. splits. <laughs> Wait, did I did I do the wrong one? You might have. What did you watch? Um the the Happy Birthday to Me. Oh, Dean. Uh, oh, we wait. changed because I couldn't find that streaming anywhere. I, it was on Apple TV, so I just. Well, not all of us okay. Okay. It's okay. That's okay. D- did you watch okay. Don't, did you watch don't no. Panic? No. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can still. <laughs> it's all gone horribly wrong because of Shuri. It's fine. Excuse I'm still me. Hang on. I, I'm actually going to defend Shuri because we, there are, I think, are more than one messages in the group thread where we There said, are 100 messages. Well, some of us are reading all 100 and of the those confirm messages. One, the confirm one said that and then there was a correction down the line, which I never realised. And then, all right, so so since I haven't okay. watched Don't Panic and I've watched Happy Birthday to Me, so I'll just have to f- swap around. So I might add five minutes at the end of what I actually thought or edit it in. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. yeah. That's fine. Why don't we why don't we start with Don't Panic? Okay. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> okay. Well, right. this is Shuri can probably kick us off with this one. And I, I'd like to introduce a new little um classification system that, that Shuri and I came up with. I don't know if you if you're across this Dean because it was in the group thread. Yeah. There are so see. many messages so, that go in the thread. You know, dedicated friends read each other's messages. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the group chat, I'm being Shuri, and I, <laughs> Shuri and I um, thought that, oh, my God, you know what, Dean, I owe you a massive apology. I think this might have actually been just Shuri and I. <laughs> but, okay, yes. I apologise. But, okay, either way, wherever it happened, Shuri let's, and I decided. Let's talk about what it is. Yep. We've decided that there should be a new classification called Shuri Certified. So there are certain films that are so bad that they're good and sometimes just so bad. And they, they, uh, some of these movies fall under the classification of Shory certified. And I like to think of a little ring, like little Shory <laughs> thumbs up. Like We're going to have to get out. an animated Shory thumb. Yes, yes. So Don't Panic <laughs> is. Shory certified. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, jump so in, what's Shory. It, so, give me an IMDb. Right, so, what's it about? Tell me. So the premise, the very basic premise, uh, written by Anonymous on Internet Movie Database. Mm-hmm. On his 17th birthday, Michael unwittingly unlocks the evil forces of a Ouija board, which is 
pretty broad, to be so honest. Is, is that it? That's literally that that's the whole description. There is a longer one. I absolutely watched one, the wrong film. Um, but it's on his 17th birthday, Michael is given a present of a Ouija board by Tony, his best friend. At a session, Tony uses a medium, using a medium known to him only as Virgil, unwittingly unlocks the evil forces of the board. Soon there is a wave of violent killings and the chief suspect appears to be Michael. He has been witness to all the killings via premonitions and out-of-body experiences. Is Michael the killer? Can he prove his innocence? Or is someone else being possessed by the evil spirit? Mm. Okay, cool. And- one of my uh, something that um, I was very excited to learn about watching this film, as Shuri Shuri told me, Shuri's got a thing for really cool jammies. I'm learning, which I'm totally yeah. down with because I love jammies. Um, is that you used to be able to actually buy the jammies that the main character wears on the show, yeah. which are hilarious. This guy's meant to be 17, looks about 35, meant to be 17. Yep. Wearing That's never jam- happened in a horror film. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> ne- never happened in Hollywood. Um, wearing the jammies of a five-year-old. So he's yeah, literally wearing they these have like. On them. But but not just, you know how like sometimes grown-ups jammies have got funny things on it, but these are properly, clearly like they're kids' jammies. Um, and, and he's wearing children's pajamas. It looks yeah. like children's pajamas made made for a grown person, and they're adorable. And Shuri tells me you used to be able to buy the exact jammies he wears on the movie. Yeah, so there was a company um, called um, Vinegar Syndrome who does Blu-rays, and just recently they put out a Blu-ray of Don't Panic and a limited edition run of the pajamas. You should have and got so- yourself a pair. I should have. I'm actually kicking myself, but I'm going to send Dean a photo. I'll send yes. him I'm Googling right now. No, they are absolutely children's pajamas. <laughs> They're children's yeah. pajamas. That's, and he runs around in like a good He's meant half to be 17 year old wearing, they have dinosaurs on them. Yeah. yeah. Like, and do you know who he reminds me of? That guy from um, Do you know what I love? Oh, Ian Ziering. Uh, Ian, Ian yes. Ziering. Do you he's, know what I love the most? Ian Ziering vibes. Ian Ziering and hair. I love the yes. most that. In the to buy the pajamas online, in the where you can buy them from and how, I'm actually looking forward to watching this film, by the way, mm. is um, the person wearing the pajamas has tats all over his hands <laughs> and neck and face to try and make it cool. <laughs> I, um, listen, but- I would if I could buy these still, I would have a pair already. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would have so worn I, them for our recording. Do, do you know what's funny? I feel like in, in trying to make them look cool, they've misunderstood their audience. Like the, the kind of audience that's going to buy these adult size kids' pajamas are not really concerned about looking cool. They know they're not cool. They're not trying to be cool. It's fine. Look at you shaming Shori like that. No, <laughs> I am speaking like as a collective. I feel like Shori and I are both, I don't know, Dean, you are kind of cool, but I oh, feel yeah. like Shori it, and I are true. not cool. We're not. I've never been cool. <laughs> I've never been cool. <laughs> so he no. spends most of the film in these children's pajamas. He does yeah. actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it, he spends yeah. a lot of the film in the jammies. So and his he, and his BMX bike. Yes, and and I I will just say I do think much like um, many of the other films that we've watched from this era, there's definitely a bit of a queer subtext, wouldn't you say? There are a lot of queer sub oh. subtext in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think. I don't, I just think there's something about it where it's sat within horror. It mm-hmm. just sits there really, really comfortably. Yeah. But I think that can be said about the a lot of 80s films, not just horror. Like well, that's they, true. It's something about the 80s as well where they didn't shy away from masculinity being one, you know what I mean? There were such extremes with makeup yeah. and hair and clothing that queer just kind of sat there comfortably yeah. and it wasn't necessarily about gender or sexuality. Well, and I think horror, uh, again, you're right about I think this this coming up in a lot of films in the 80s generally, but I think horror especially 
horror focuses a lot on, you know, bodily interactions, things happening to the body, the state of the body, things like quite literally things going in and out of the body. Like, so there's a lot of room to play with um, queerness in, in a way that I think perhaps filmmakers felt like it was a safe space to play with those concepts without having to, you know, approach them head on, so to speak. Or an underground space, like remembering mm, what it was like. Mm. Like homosexuality was still very illegal. They were able to touch on lesbianism in a way in the 70s as well that would feel a little bit more, well, yeah. comfortable is the wrong word, but they could get away with it because yeah. guys liked it. But it was that thing where it just fed into the underground nature of it so it would get a little yeah, bit more yeah. attention. So speaking of um, the, the queer subtext of this film, there's a really strange scene where... Uh, Shori, you might be able to fill me in. I can't remember what on earth was happening here. There's a really strange scene where the main character is talking to his male friend and already to begin with they're like sort of half naked just hanging out in his room and then I think they're talking about having he feels like he has some kind of power or he's been sort of possessed through the sounds that they did and the way he demonstrates it is through, is through this kind of supernatural rose ceremony where he makes a he makes a rose, rose float, float float in the air and float <laughs> over to his to his friend and I'm like what the fuck is happening um oh, they don't and- they don't have the quote of the um when he says you know if you what is he take take the rose to her and if if the petals fall off love was not meant to be but if it that's right. If it blooms, then love is eternal or some crap. That's it's like, right. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. But because Ian Zering is trying to um, I get love that you're just calling him that now. But yeah, that's who he's trying trying to get together with the woman who has the amazing monobrow. Um he's and there's a whole long sequence. This is probably like a good 20, 30 seconds, like um long shot of him sitting in an empty classroom with one knee up reflectively like looking out the window and lamenting the fact that he just like can't can't get the girl um it's really it's so overdone um but this film was a lot of fun and it was ridiculous yeah. oh it's, and it's it was, silly but it's great yeah it was a terrible film but like a, a, amazing to watch so this um, was made in it's made in Mexico as you can sort of tell because oh, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. is dubbed yeah. <laughs> even the the white american guy is dubbed yeah. Um, but it was made in sort of a response to um, Nightmare on Elm Street. So the whole premise ah. of it was going to be because he keeps having these dreams that are uh, prophetic. Yes. And, but it really has nothing. Like it was made in response to that, but it really has nothing to yeah. do with it. Like the guy, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the villain at the end yeah. kind of looks a bit Freddy. Um, no, he does actually, yeah, a yeah, little bit. But, and, I, and I think like, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea is that we're led to believe that after this seance they do at the birthday party that he he is perhaps possessed because every now, every now and again his eyes just go red and he has these, like, visions. But we sort of learn that it's not actually him, like he's not possessed or doing something wrong. He's just gained some kind of prophetic power. It's like a, yeah, like a psychic link can, with the killer. Yeah, exactly, and he can kind of have he has visions of these um, of what's going these on. killings that are going to take place before they happen. Um, but he also, when he sees what's going on, he can't see anything else, so he's blind in those scenes. Which oh, that's amazing, why he's stumbling in, around like that. Okay, which is some amazing falling slash interpretive dance scenes. Yeah, I thought so this is nineteen eighty eight. This was filmed, so it's yep. it's not early eighties. Yeah, no. 
you would you would not realize it. Like when I saw the, the the date that it was released, I was like, "Come on! Like we're we're edging into the nineties <laughs> here. How the is pajamas this really so... throw you?" Yeah, yeah, and 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 in the end, is it his? It's his mate who's possessed. Tony. Yes, it's Tony. It's yeah. Tony. Is that the same guy with the rose ceremony? Yeah, same guy. Yep. Who looks like who again yeah. is a teenager and, this... and looks like he's about forty five. He looks even older, yeah. yeah. And there's some kind of a like there is to to the credit of of the the film writers there there is like this. I wouldn't this give him too much credit. Full full circle bit at the end where he he somehow reenacts the rose ceremony in order to like show to him that it's still him. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Am I remembering that right? Then, yeah. So the throwback to the romantic big old engine on him. <laughs> yes. So. Hang on. Don't, okay. Em, em, so I'm gonna, the, the bit at this. <laughs> looking at Em's face while we record now. this, Em is trying <laughs> so hard to make sense of it. And Shory's like, no, nah, don't do it. We're gonna. I'm gonna put but, a caveat but, on the Shory certified. <laughs> do not think too much into them. You're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> Can I just ask one question? The sure. rose ceremony, the first rose ceremony. So do, isn't he just? in that moment revealing that he is the one that's possessed because he clearly has a supernatural power to make this rose float in the air. So what what is the point of all the speculation and, oh, my God, who is it throughout the movie? Um, no, you can't <laughs> see this while we're recording this, but I'm just going, oh. Did Tony, yeah, sure, wait, uh, now I'm, I haven't the watched it yet. hands up emoji. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. So did Tony or Pajama Boy make the rose float at the start? Tony made the, the rose float, so not Pajama was- Boy. So, okay. but then, and that happens right at the start of the yep. film, right? So, okay, so Ian Zering is all like, oh, I want to get together with this this girl. I don't know if she likes me. <gasps> the date montage. Shory, oh, fuck, Dean, I can't wait until you watch this. Oh, my God, yes. they go on a date and it's just the most amazing, corny, 80s And not once does he montage. take her to a salon to wax her eyebrow. No, but it's it's like they go to a park and they get like, these like Disney themed um, helium balloons, and they get these <laughs> really pro- they get these really problematic racist photos taken with like all this Mexican garb on, and they're like ah, like sitting like it's just but fucking amazing. It's also those those balloons like uh, having kids. Those balloons are like fifteen dollars each. I know. And when they, she let them go, go, I was sit like, down at the river, and she just yeah. goes. Poop. Yeah, and pushed her in the river. And Ian Zering's face, he sits there. They do like a slow close up for about like ten seconds of, of him just going. <laughs> There's I'm lots like, of close-ups on him. Jesus Christ! Um, so just to explain that scene, Dean. Sorry, I Please. got distracted because I I love I not knowing. About, this is amazing. I thought about the date scene, and it was just I had to go there. Um, so Ian Zering's like, man, I want to get together with the monobrow chick and the, the his friend Tony, who's like half naked for whatever reason just because he can, makes a rose float in the air and he floats it over to, to his mate Ian Zering in the pyjamas and he says some tacky shit about give her this rose and if the petals fall off, love is meant to be and if not, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and it's like, hang on, your mate just made a rose float in the air. Like, do you not think this this might be an explanation for nah. maybe this is connected to the whole seance and, like, is someone possessed? <laughs> and apparently, the yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't seem to trigger um, anything. 
And then, uh, so then throughout the rest of the movie, because this is near the start, um, Ian Zering's all like, "Who? what's happening? Someone's possessed. Has someone got supernatural powers? Doi. And it turns out it's <laughs> Tony Baloney. And Tony he, Baloney. He, I love it. <laughs> and he reenacts the rose scene at the end as a sign to his mate that, you know, it's still, I'm still, it is, I am possessed and I'm demonic, but I'm still in here somewhere because here's the rose thing again. So they did so make does some he save attempts his friend? to sort of. Do we, do we defeat the villain? No, Tony, Tony's, it's not, not a good ending for Tony. Okay. And it's not a good ending for Ian either. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah, they both, <laughs> they both cark it. Yeah. Mm. So the film ends with them both dying. Yeah, but monobrow survives. Yeah, those eyebrows. So the message of the story is grooming is not for everyone, but you'll still survive. <laughs> and trends change over time. You know. Oh my god! And to stop wearing children's dinosaur pajamas, pajamas are forever. It's incredible. But the dinosaur. The dinosaur isn't the problem. It's the rest of the pajamas. Dinosaur pajamas are fine. It's the fact that it, they are. They are literally made for pajamas. a three. Four-year-old yeah. maximum. It's the style of yeah. four-year-old maximum child should be wearing. It is, yeah. And I, I just, I think it's amazing that at this point we were, we were just about to hit um, the nineties where pencil-thin eyebrows were going to be back in, like, <laughs> we went from, like full monobrow to, and now we're, you know, and nowadays like the bushy eyebrows are in again, but no monobrows. Yeah. Thank goodness. So I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm having a look. Maybe it was released in 1988, but made earlier. Made in another dimension, maybe. <laughs> Made in the 60s. Mm. Back when yes. both the lead actors were actually teenagers. Mm. Yeah, I've got no idea. No, nothing's, nothing's helping me. Okay, the internet's no mm. help. Anyway, should we yes. move on to the next movie? And Dean, sure you, can, certified. you can edit in. I'll edit in my. Yeah. Okay, everyone, normally this would be the time in the podcast where we put a little commercial together and do something a little camp. But since I watched the the wrong film, I am watching Don't Panic and thought, I'm going to quickly tell you what I think of the film. It goes for an hour and a half, so I'm going to take a break every half an hour to say, hey, uh, this is my opinion really quickly at the end of this roundup so we can go to the next film. I completely understand now why Em was so confused and jumping around because I'm into the first half hour. He's obviously psychically connected to something. We don't know what. It's it's really sexual and really childish and really weird. There's this whole sequence of the kids, kid trying to get Michael, trying to get into school, where he bribes the security guard at the school with a titty magazine, then hides from a teacher, then sees a girl he likes who's just walking around, and then they leave school, and then they go on the weirdest montage ever. There's the happy birthday thing, everything. It's it's just, I, I literally, I get it. I've seen the pajamas now which are hilarious and I hope the next half an hour gets more interesting you'll find out in two seconds it's the weirdest thing ever it's crazy and fun and dumb and absolutely a uh, Shory certified film also the mother butters her bread it's obviously they're on a set so the bread's cold but the toast she literally butters a quarter of it with so much butter and that's all she's eating it's the weirdest thing ever okay it just got weirder he's in the pajamas now the whole time and they're fitting in the weirdest way around his front and back that's just not good for one and fine for the other. But 
He's watched his girlfriend die for the psychic link. He's realised it's his friend. His mother has gotten a story arc of drama where she's blaming everything on her drinking instead of there possibly being murders of children, on the, which is on the news, and also what he's saying. And his friends kidnapped him and had some ceremonial knife. I'm, I'm beyond confused. But at the moment, the most interesting thing is the drama between his... He's a father who's never there because of his love of the corporation he works for and his mother, who was a lush at the start and is now honourable and dramatic, but calls a doctor to drug her son. This is 100% days of their lives. I cannot believe it that Shory and M didn't mention that they go to save a friend, drag him out of his house in his underwear, and he's just like, I'll go wherever you want, just let me get some pants, but they won't allow it. Like, if this is wanting to be homoerotic, it's missing it by a mark, but I literally don't understand why this should be the intent in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Seriously, this is a Days of Our Lives type show, except that Marlena being possessed on Days of Our Lives was better, and also Marlena being the serial killer in Days of Our Lives was better than what this is doing. It's literally a soap opera. His friend's possessed by the devil, everyone's getting killed, he's running around like crazy, he runs into his girlfriend's house, and she's there, and there's these parents and a senator, it's just drama-rama, but it was also written and directed by the same person, so I get it. And now he's having dinner with the family and they're giving him wine. He's a kid. He kidnaps his girlfriend only to put her in direct danger after shooting up her house. And she's happy to go with him and then screams at her to go. And as she's running away, says, tells her to stop it. I just, he's, his motivation is all over the place and it would make more sense if, if he still was in pyjamas. I don't understand what I've watched. I've just finished it. I don't get it. So he, what? He dies for no reason, but stops the devil. And then the whole thing about the rose, which now I understand why they were so confused. And the moral of the story is don't use a Ouija board. Oh my God, this was confusing. And it's hay fever season. And as far as I'm concerned, roses just create too much pollen. Let's get to the next movie. I, I reckon we absolutely need to. I, I, we save the best for last, which is why the banana splits has to be next. Okay. I think okay. it's very important. Um, I chose this one because, well, I always wanted to see it, but Shori was like, yeah, the kid has a birthday in it, so let's watch it. And I kept waiting <laughs> for anything. It was, there's so much about this film. Like, actually, Shori, IMGBS, banana splits. All right. Mm. <clears throat> A family attends a live taping of the Banana Splits television series, but are forced to survive as soon as the characters go haywire and start a killing spree around the studio. Which That's sounds pretty great, much right? it. Like, yeah. if you love the Banana Splits, the, fa- the fact that it ties into the nostalgia that many... Do you guys... Did you guys ever watch or remember Banana Splits at all? I have I, never yeah, even I've, heard I've of it. I've seen some of it. Really, Em? Mm-hmm. And you've got, like, a degree in pop culture. Yeah, I had never heard of it. Um, Not even the song. Tra la 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 la. Wow. No, I don't know how, but that one just, I, I missed that one completely. I mean, I, mean, I can I'm, understand how. <laughs> like, well, you've got to also remember what was this? What did you say this was the 60s? 70s. That it was out the right. 70s. Yeah. I mean, I was born in 83. So I, you know, I, I wasn't alive. So, you know, come on, <laughs> give me a break. Um, but um, you had yeah. shitty TV like the rest of us where there was no, I did, all the I stuff did. in the 60s was replayed. I did. This is true. I mean, and was this British, this show originally? No, American. 
American. Okay, that might be why, because I was raised on a lot of English ah, content. Yeah. ABC um, had a lot. Yeah, but um, I was like, I was aware of this movie, and I was aware that it was based on a real TV show from the sixties. I just hadn't encountered it. Um, but yeah, can I just say I I had the funny funniest experience watching this movie. Because I feel like to begin with, it was a little bit slow to get into it to the point that yeah, was I was sitting there watching it with Elroy and... I hit pause and was like, I actually hit... Sorry, I know I'm interrupting. Mm-hmm. I hit mm-hmm. pause to be like, are we halfway through? I'm so confused. Yeah, I actually turned around and I was like, oh, when is someone just going to die? Like, this sounds crazy, but I just want some violence. Yeah. <laughs> and it went from that to... The first killing, I was like, oh, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Yes. I was like, fuck, we went from zero to a hundred. Like, I was not expecting that level of just um, gross out kind of, oh. They weren't right there. But that is the perfect explanation for how shit crazy bonkers this scripting is. It's like they literally auditioned every character with one scene in mind, like the one scene that they were good at in the whole film, mm. just the one, and everything else <laughs> was based around everything else. So, yeah, we, we're introduced to this family where there's the little kid that loves banana splits, mm. the brother that, you know, wants to make his kid happy but is always a disappointment to the stepfather, the mother mm. that's just trying to keep everyone happy but is really just quiet because she knows she, her life's a mess, and the stepfather who's an asshole. Right. Yeah. Yep. But much. in the weirdest possible way, we are introduced with so much overarching narrative and exposition about really stupid shit at really stupid times of the whole film. Mm. The character development is all over the joint, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until and and it even gets to the very end where you realize the hero of the film is the mum. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no one yeah. knew that for the whole film. The whole film. True. We had no idea that that was who we were meant to be focusing on. I mean, even the one thing that drove me crazy at the start as well, the kids watching Banana Splits and jumping around on TV watching it, and the father just gives him some look and mm. like, oh. And mm. that was when I went, you know what? We're doomed already. That was like <laughs> that was like seven minutes in, and I went, if that's their idea of, of, of showing the father's a bad guy, mm. this mm. is not going to go in a good way at all because <laughs> – it's just a kid having fun, but he made yeah. it so. And 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 then we're introduced to every other character waiting in the line to see the mm. banana splits. Mm. The millennial yes. influencers that um, I, I don't even know where to begin. The gay father that wants their child to be a star, and and mm. and the it, it's just like crazy. And it, it, in theory, this should be so good. The yeah. banana splits are actually robots. And yes. the show's going to get cancelled. And because it's going to get cancelled, they go a little haywire with their programming and mm. decide that they're going to kill all the adults, kidnap the children, and then keep the show going in a basement underneath the studio. <laughs> yes. But the, the the version of the, the show that they're going to continue on for unknown reasons is just a completely um, Killing messy, and dismembering adults. Free of sadistic, yeah, like some sadistic carnival. It's... Yeah. yeah, and and the violence, like you were saying, Emma, about how they go from one to come on, come on, come on, we want something to yeah. straight up to ramming a lollipop stick down the throat but of like the guy. But like a lollipop that's like the round bit at the top is like the size of someone's head. Yeah. So if you can, like if you can imagine one. like distending someone's neck, distending to to fit this round thing, like just really the kind of stuff that kind of just 
makes you go and like kind of want to look away. Um, Yeah, just really, we really went from nothing to that. So fast. From that point on, um, my God, those those robots are are sadistic. It just just went on and on from there. Which still Um, should be great, but it just didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's so much potential in this idea because, like, Anything that is designed purely for children has such incredible potential to be horrific and to be terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? And these huge, um, larger-than-life, you know, robotic puppets, terrifying. You don't they don't even need to kill people, and they're already creepy, right? And this and the song and and everything. So it it's actually it's actually quite disappointing that it wasn't better because yeah. I thought there's so much potential here. I think the script read better than the directing that they actually mm. did because mm. I look at it as well and go, they really, I, because I, the the death scenes were really great. Like they they mm. make the um the far the father of the kid and the producer run an obstacle course mm. where they then um beat their head in and stuff like mm. that. The father's face gets burnt. Mm. Like the 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 murders and things that are going on. The stepfather that's the asshole that we find out is having an affair. Um, mm. it, they're in their banana buggy trying to rate, you know, one of them's trying to kill him and chase him down in the car park. It's great. Like there's mm. so much mix between comedy and horror and brilliance mm. and it just doesn't quite, they don't hit the mark the way they mm. should. And it's a shame because I feel like if the rest of the film, you know, if the character development and uh, had been better and if they had built up a sense of um, dread and um, sort of foreboding, yeah in a better way leading into the kills and those kills would have been amazing and perfect because as you yeah. say in isolation like they, they seem really well done but that's the problem they can't exist in isolation when the rest of the film isn't doing what it's meant to they unfortunately just fall flat and you're like mm. and i think with something like this when you've got your directing actors <clears throat> to go a certain way this way and a certain way that way the director or producers have to be looking at the throw line or the editor has to do more work it just mm. didn't work like mm. even page the page mm. when you know the guy's like can i get your phone number and she's like that's really lame and then at the end when they get they get out of all that and then she just kisses him and I'm like, where has this come from? You've had no <laughs> sexual attraction, mm. nothing. You haven't yeah. even beat a character that's there's been nothing about your character that's even predominantly said that you're straight. There's mm. been nothing there whatsoever other than oh, I got saved, so I'll kiss you because that's the trope that we're meant to do. The mother, in fact, like we don't realize until the mother all because all the kids are basically trapped. Um, in the basement of the studio, all the children and the banana splits are making them watch them do horrible things to adults and the kids are freaking out. And mm. the, when the mother's like, we have to save the kids, she takes off her daddy jumper yep. and suddenly looks like uh, you can see her low-cut top and ter- perky breasts in her tank top. And I'm just like, wow, that's their idea of character development. Mm. We gave her a body because we took <laughs> off her jumper. And then mm. suddenly she was... She could have been in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the way she was like, I'm mm. going to save the kids and I know all these things. And I'm yep. just like, what What the hell is going on here? I always hope that when I take my jumper off that I will look like an action hero, but I'm still waiting. That, that you'll have perky breasts and, we and all are. you know. Now, yeah. Shory, yeah. you yeah. haven't I wouldn't leave my house. this very much. You haven't said much about this film. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's, it's, a, it's a dumb movie. It is fun as hell. 
but it's also like I would have cut out the first. I would have started with them in the line at the show. Yes, yes. I would have mm. cut out that first fifteen minutes or whatever it was of them dealing with the family drama at home. You could have done all of that in the in the line. He could have mm. walked off to take the phone call. The kid, you know, you know, stop whatever the teenager was doing that sort of stuff. You could. There's a lot mm. you could have cut out and just gone straight to the show. Yeah. Um. But. Look, at the end of the day, I don't expect a whole lot from a movie called The Banana Splits Movie. I know, I know. It's it's one of those things where, you know, I knew exactly what I was going in for. I, I actually, all to confess, I own this on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, you know, buy two, get one free at JB Hi-Fi. And I went, oh, this will do. And look, it's mm-hmm. I would watch it again because it's just stupid. And it's, these are the kinds of movies I like where I can chuck it on. You don't have to pay attention to it, but then it, you'll look up and go, whoa, that's fully popping. But do you agree? They, they didn't lead into the horror enough and they didn't leave into the, yeah. lean into the comedy enough. They sat mm. somewhere safe. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. honestly look at that and go, I, I, I feel like someone in the higher up in the production team or something was making them not go too far one way or another, which is why mm. I disconnected. Yeah, I think mm. if you're going to do it, you embrace the – the comedy side of it and you make the kills ridiculous mm. and like you have eyeballs flying and so guts what was and all your sorts of stuff. Kill? What was your favorite kill? I mean the lollipop's pretty damn good, but the um the the ch- sawing the guy in half. That was when, also good. When they pull that and the guts <laughs> fall out is probably yeah. my favorite one. Mine was making them do the obstacle course that they do in the show. Um mm. just for the the visual the hammer. I just thought that was brilliant. The hammer to the head and and <laughs> but and what about you, M? Favorite kill? Look, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not actually one for like. I've never been like a favorite kill kind of person. Oh, I'm and that's the end of the show. Into... So, um, thanks for listening. This <laughs> is uh, seven days in. Look, <laughs> in terms of in terms of the the what I thought was um, most effective and engaging, I, I would have to agree. I think it's the obstacle course because I I just really appreciated bringing it back around like mm. some semblance of kind of full circle, like we've yeah. come back to something that we've seen play out earlier. That's and, thought and this that movie would have foreshadowing. A, <laughs> well, exactly. That's actually quite a nice cinematic technique. And I was like, oh, hey, I see you actually did something there that <laughs> that, that makes sense and is semi-impressive. Um, so I, yeah, I liked that. That was probably my favourite um kill scene, I would say. Yeah, for Does sure. anyone else think that the audition piece for the mother was absolutely her final scene with the, with the stepfather? Where Because that at the end when the mother saved all the kids and everything, she suddenly got confidence and the stepfather's like, come and he's mm. been hit by a car and all these different things. Like, honey, I realise I want to be with you. I'm sorry. And then she's mm. no longer wearing a daddy top and she punches him in the face and mm-hmm. says, I want a divorce, and then just goes beep with her car. I literally feel like that was the first scene they filmed and then yeah. they just figured out character development back. They tried to, That yeah. was great. Yeah, actually, that, was, that, that was would explain cool. a lot if yeah. they just did a really half-assed starting from the end kind of approach. Um, I have to say it just reminds me, I don't know if either of you have ever seen a movie called Zombie Strippers. If you haven't, we Not really yet. should watch it. We We've really got more movies watch to watch. It. Um, there's a Sounds scene, great. it's one of the most outrageous, uh, outrageous horror comedies that I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where a woman is, um, she's part of like some kind of, um, special ops and going into like attack all these zombies. And there's literally no explanation, no segue. One scene, she's just in like 
her army corpse gear and then the next scene she's got her top on and she's just in a crop top and pants. And that's it. Just there's no you don't know how she lost her top, you know, <laughs> did she take it off? What happened? Who knows? It doesn't matter. Now she's in a crop top. And it it yeah, the mum in this movie really made me think yeah. of that. Yeah. It was so weird, but also like so we forgot one of the, the craziest things in the storyline. So all the banana splits are nearly just Membered or destroyed, and then there's one of them that's like the kids, like, no, you're my favorite, and that Snorky, the elephant one, gives the kids a key so all the kids can escape. <laughs> Elton John, as I like to, as I yeah, oh my god, him. yeah, <laughs> and then like the the lion and the elephant fight each other till they kill each other, and then at the mm-hmm. very end, the girl influencer who was forced to dismember her partner uh, or fiance. Yes. Um, drives off and she's got them with her and she's gone a little crazy. And I'm like, yeah. did they think they were going to get a sequel? Is that what they thought yeah. was going to happen? Yeah. I do, I do wonder. Yeah. I kind of, at that point, I actually really loved that ending because by, by that stage I was like, this movie is batshit insane. Yeah, and yeah, completely. Go anywhere. And I'll, yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a, why not? Like the, the influencers like lost her mind <laughs> yeah, and she's yeah. got, now it's not just that it's, it's her with her weird, like, um, um, uh, steampunk owl killer owl yeah, yeah, costume yeah. on, but like you see a glimpse at the end of like the broken up pieces of the, um, the banana splits banana in splits. the back and one of the eyes, very like uh, Terminator style, yeah. the red eye just starts to glow a little bit and you're like, oh, I, God, I guess I'm, I'm just, don't make yeah. a sequel. <laughs> I'm just yes, disappointed please. because they clearly had everything there and they just didn't mm. nail it. Like I yeah. reckon looking at the script, they were all like, this is awesome, yeah. and then they completely failed in execution. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can expect. But, I mean, something like this is not going to have a multi-million dollar budget. Like, it's, no. it's you know, you've got to expect. They you, did well. Went, like, they did well out of, with everything that they had. Yeah. It just. But this went straight to DVD most places, so you can't expect a whole lot. But you know what, Shari, Hang on, like, hang on. They may not have a big budget, but a director is still a director. That's True. that's what I was going to say. Like, sure, you're saying, you know, you can't really expect much with a, a movie with this premise, but I disagree. I don't think you need a big budget or um, whatever to make a really great horror movie. And I think that um, yeah. given the premise they had to work with, again, it's so inherently creepy already and you've got this existing audience of people who are now adults who loved that that show when they were kids. There's there's so much potential. Like the scripting yeah. wasn't bad. The idea of everything they're doing wasn't bad. The execution was. Yeah. But then also, yeah, you can get a you know if you get a decent director, but it's also the quality of actor you're working with too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I when, you, think, when you know a movie what? like this, you're not going to attract. And here's my thing about that. Like every <laughs> actor, Matt Damon. Not, yeah, but every actor, there were times where they weren't doing things really well and there were times where they landed it perfectly. Mm. That's my thing with this. They weren't bad. It wasn't bad acting all the way through. They were acting the way they'd been directed to act. And I only yep. say that because every single cast member had other moments that they nailed so brilliantly. I feel like they were given the wrong direction. Or the direction that they were, t- the way they were told to act, didn't match what was being filmed. Because mm. yeah. they were, they were aiming to be like the banana splits. It's big. It's this. Mm. It wasn't trying to not be a stereotypical, but the balance. Just like when you go, it's what the hell's going on? We want a death, and then we have that extreme one. Mm. That mm. extreme from one to another was the same thing with the acting, and mm. that's my that's my thing with it. Where I'm like, that's where you need a director and editor to do their job in a way that helps with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. Can yeah. I ask you, you just add? 
Sorry, welcome Shuri, to my TED ahead. talk, oh, by the way. I really wish <laughs> that. I was going to say, yeah, like like I said before, you could you could take twenty minutes out of this film. You could make this this movie could be a hundred, you know, an hour and ten minutes long. You could have taken just, half an hour out of it, not just twenty. You could have mm, absolutely yeah, taken mm. half an hour out of it which, easily. You know, an hour yeah. runtime, which when we talk about in our next episode, there's another there's a mm. film with an hour runtime that does so much in an hour that it's one yeah. of the best films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And if um, they only did it within an hour, I think those extremes would have been worked better. Yeah. yeah. But I think too, it sort of lulls you in, in that you go from this, oh, come on. And then all of a sudden you get this, just this massive extreme violence. Yeah. And it's, but it's like, the thing is I would, it's hard to take a movie like this seriously, but a serious yeah. version of this, where it's creepier and scarier and the, mm. the the banana splits are more intense and they're mm. not as friendly, like, you know, they get parts mm. of them early. Mm. A scary version of this would be really effective. I agree. Reading so start the working trivia, on script. Yeah. Well, reading the trivia, this was, they, the rumour is it was based on a Five Nights at Freddy's script that wasn't used. Now, wow. I've played a little bit of Five Nights at Freddy's because I wanted to try because it's a horror game and it is creepy. And if they'd gone the creepy route mm. instead of the, you know, you got to you creepy. have to embrace it. it. You go creepy. full creep or mm. you go full comedy. You can't yeah. do well, it in the middle. That's it. I was going to say. I think, and I think Dean hit the nail on the head earlier when he was saying exactly that. That it they didn't lean hard enough into one or the other. They just yeah. and it and this easily, I think, could have gone either way. It could have been really funny and silly, or it could have been really creepy. But they just hmm. didn't. They didn't, and so. Yeah. And on that note, yeah. is it time to move on to the next week? Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to say one more thing. What is it yeah, about yeah. Americans and birthday cakes being so huge and with so much icing for <laughs> like two or three people to eat every mm. time? I've just at the start when she's making this giant cake and it's like, mm. there are four of you. Like, mm. you don't need a, too much a small icing. Cake. A small as well. cake is too yeah. much. But it's, the, it's yeah. the same when you have the breakfast, when they have the breakfast with bacon and eggs. Oh, yeah. And oh, cereal and toast. And American and breakfast in, goes, in movies. I'll have a strawberry and runs out the yeah. door. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that bugs the shit out of me. Yes. Not just huge breakfasts in American movies, but that there's always someone who just runs in and just grabs like half a piece of toast and then runs out. And I'm yeah. like, they had, someone has made this entire fucking buffet and you've just like taken a half a piece of bread and run out the door, you ungrateful prick. Like, yeah. just, no. If, if I did that, if I made that breakfast and my wife came down, took a strawberry and walked off, I would flip the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, if I did that, there is no way that Elroy would just take one thing and walk away. No. Because like me, he's got a healthy, he's got a healthy appetite and he would be like, fuck yeah, yeah. and he would sit down I mean, and just... And- and that size stuff, that's how I cook normally. Like, I can't make portions for one. So I was going to say, I'm just know. picturing Emma's made this big breakfast and Elroy goes to leave and then gets tied to the chair and nailed to the floor like in the loft. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to eat it. You were going to eat this. <laughs> All right. Final anyway. film and the best one out of these three picks, which I was very excited, very, very excited to watch. It's Happy mm. Death Day. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, M. Yes. I better end. Yeah, okay. I will. Oh, I was going to say, do you want me to read this one out because this was my pick? Or, Shuri, do you want to be our IMDb guy for this for this episode? I'm happy to do it. I'm up to you yeah, guys. Yeah, do it. Go for it. All right. Let me find it. Here we go. Happy death day. Um, all right. A college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. Yeah, right, right. I remember pretty, seeing pretty straightforward. Hold on, I remember seeing the previews to this and just going, "Okay, this is going to be cool. This mm, looks yeah. fun. This looks mm. awesome." Mm. Um, 
And this is a very Groundhoggy Day mm. type film. Like they absolutely lean into it brilliantly. The girl's on campus. She wakes up in the morning in in the dorm room of a guy and doesn't remember how she got there. So there's a lot of fun tropes to play with here. There is. Like, it, I mean, the fact that even the very opening is, you know, um, the typical, oh, God, I got really drunk and I must have slept with this guy. I've woken up at his place. And then she does uh, the walk of shame um, back to her sorority house Um and her name is Tree, which I don't even know where to begin with. I thought it was T. No, it's Tree. It's tree. It's maybe, tree. Oh, it's Tree? Yeah. Yep. That is a strange yep. name. Tree Gelbman. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's spelled like Tree the Tree. Yeah, T R W E. Otherwise, it would be. Tr- mm. I think in the sequel, you'll learn that it's like Katrina or Wait, something. Wait, there's a sequel. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. A se- I haven't seen the sequel. I've only seen. And it's the- called, Dean, it's called Happy Death Day to You. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I mean, yeah. I would happily watch a sequel to this. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, was same. great. Yeah. This was awesome. I was very, well, and, very and, happy. You know, talking about like um, balancing horror and comedy, I feel like Gold. this movie does that really, yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah, really, really well. Um, it's just, I, it's just really the way they they. It's just the perfect balance. The movie doesn't take itself too seriously, but then no. they also have this um, this kind of subtext, which is a, a slightly more, um, I guess, emotional subtext about her birthday and the death of her mother yeah. and how this is a hard day for her. So, And they managed to go there without it feeling like they've kind of tried to shoehorn. It's totally not tropey. Like, yeah, it yeah. just works. But, the balance works. between the comedy and stuff is works really it's well. so smart, yeah. but they also don't lean into the emotion of it. Like I mm. just, and, and you get it from the start, like the minute the Universal titles start, they begin and replay. Oh, they begin and replay. That. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got me already. Like, <laughs> yes. this is brilliant. And yeah. can I just say, again, I feel like I'm talking a lot about things coming full circle in this episode, but I also loved the ending where she's yep. sitting with the guy and he's like, this is totally like Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. And she's like, what's Groundhog Day? I love that they have like a reference to the movie and he's like, oh my God, have you not seen that with Bill Murray? And she's like, Bill Murray. And he's like, Ghostbusters? And it's like this, and I love that they even end on that note where they're referencing like the intertextuality of of this film. And that's, I reckon what the IMGB thing is exactly what they walked in and pitched and said, this is what we want to do. You know who this is written by? Don't you? Scott Lobdell. The comic book writer. I love Scott Lobdell. What, yeah. So, sorry, what does what what he, wrote a lot of he writes comics? He wrote a whole like he writes lots of comics and ah. actually wrote a huge chunk of X Men comics during my teenage years. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, I mean, it's the balancing act that makes this so brilliant. Like even yeah. the moments that I'm disappointed of in during the film, and there are times mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh are intentional to take you there to make you go like yeah. it's okay so let, let's break it down a little let's break it down. Mm, I feel like mm, we're just mm. fangirling like crazy let's yes. break it down a little bit more. <laughs> so she wakes up in the morning in this guy's room and it's like oh god don't tell anyone I was here goes through the quad to her door to her dorm where she has the bitching conversation with the leader of the dorm that's like we don't eat carbs and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
sees her, her roommate in her room who's like, happy birthday, and she goes, we don't eat carbs, and throws away the cake, mm-hmm. and then goes goes to a, a hospital, to school, and then a hospital where her teacher is a psychiatrist, and she's having sex with him. Basically, she's just not nice. Yeah, she's a shit person. She's, yeah, she's a And bit she's of a not person. trying not to be, like, and, and that's what, at the start, I'm like, Actually, more than at the start, like halfway through, I'm like, why am I meant to feel sorry for this character? Mm. There's yep. no reason for me to feel mm. sorry for them. But like I said, that's intentional. It's scripted yeah. so well. I only yeah. have one thing that really irritated me the whole way through, but I'll save that for the end so it's not okay. pivotal. And basically she's living out her day and then mm. she's going to a part, a keg party and there's she gets basically attacked and killed. Mm. Yep. And then wakes up the next morning at the same moment that mm. she woke up again mm. and is reliving the same day but doesn't realise. And just keep, yeah. when she finally realises, like, okay, let's figure out what's going on, it, it's gold. Yeah, the, um, there is. And we talked about the date montage in Don't Panic, mm-hmm. but the death, the death montage, montage in this, oh. the, the one that always makes me laugh and it's horrible, but it's is when she's standing in the supermarket aisle and she picks up the bleach and the guy walks past and she sort of goes, cheers, and just starts drinking. Yeah. Because... Having worked at Triple Zero, I have been on the phone when someone has done that, and that is not a nice way to do something like that. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. but that I think because of my working in that, my dark sense of humor, that one made me laugh more than anything. Yeah, I have to admit, there is just something for someone who, as I, so I didn't realize it would be controversially admitted that I'm that I'm not here for the kill scenes. Um, I really love the the kill montage in this film because. That, that is the way you do funny in a horror yeah. movie. It is yeah. just hilarious. The idea that waking up every day and having to be killed becomes mundane for her. Like, and she's <laughs> she's on this mission to try and figure out who is it that's trying to kill her. At one point she's dressed up in camo gear with her face painted, like spying on someone. Is it them? And there's moments where, like, then she hears a rustling in the bush behind her and she's almost like, oh, fuck like just like tired of it and turns around she's like shit I've they've they've got me again and it's just that kind of energy she's like like as she's being stabbed in the stomach she's like fuck like and it's just it's so funny it's It's just really and especially because she she's got that sorority girl energy she's like that fucking hell like she's just really trying to figure this out and I mean this is a film that had a good character description do you know what I mean like she nails it perfectly yeah this is why i'm like even when i'm when i'm annoyed with her it's because yeah. i'm meant to be it's yeah. yeah yep exactly well i mean i was gonna say that the journey they take you on with the character again it's just done so subtly that it, it could have been really ham-fisted but it doesn't feel that way you just kind of gradually over time start to learn that hang on she's not just a shit person. This this day is actually traumatic for her. So, yeah. and not just because she's been killed over and over again. It's traumatic for her because she shares a birthday with her mother, who who part who died like however many years ago. So for her now, her birthday is always a bit traumatic. A so you start, gone. yeah. So you start to learn. Oh, maybe she's not a really shit person. Maybe it's just all we're seeing of her, all we ever see is this one day of her life, which understandably is a day where she always feels a bit shit. And you're like, oh, okay. So maybe there's a a reason she's a bit shit. Um, And then you start to see, yeah, you start to learn more about that. Um, 
And then, and you then start we have to really that massive day that's like the it's like the third act. Here's the explanation for everything. The mm. day where she's like, I'm going to be good to everybody. I'm not going to be a bitch. I've lived this yes. so many times. I know every moment we need to do because what she also realizes is that there's a serial killer in the mm. hospital. Yeah. Mm. And I got yes. confused at one point when the TV flicks in and out. It's like um, the picture was her with glasses. So I thought it was doing a whole, oh, the serial killer killed her mother and is now trying to kill her thing. I thought that That's was a- what it was. Yeah. Or is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, I think that is yeah. what it is. So, yeah, the serial killer that killed her mother years ago turns out is at the hospital where she's, um, I think it's the idea is it's a hospital that's like on the campus and it's somewhere where like, med students do their placements or whatever. Who knows? Um, There's there's a few hospitals. There's a few universities like that. Like Duke University is a very big medical one as well. Yeah. So, so, so he's, and she realizes that he's staying there and she's like, Oh, he's the one that's trying to kill me. And then she goes, Oh, Buffy and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I love it when so she puts cool. the hair in the ponytail and puts the leather jacket on. I'm like, whoa, mega <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar vibes right yeah, right here. Totally. Um, and has, you know, this amazing um uh this this amazing kind of showdown with the killer. Um I and I love in a representation of how she's started to change her attitude towards life and be less of a shit person. There's one kind of iteration of that day where She's got an opportunity to kill the the serial killer guy, but the guy who's oh the she guy who she's in, falling in love with yes, the love interest got, yes got killed, and she realizes if I kill the serial killer guy now, he's all, all also always going to be gone. So she kills herself so that she yeah. can do the day again. Um, yep. and, it's great. Um, it's great. It's so great. And you think you're like. Ah, so this is what it is. This is what's going on. And she finally kills the serial killer and she's like, right, I'm done. And she finally, because she's no longer afraid of carbs, sits sits down at the end of the day with the guy who's a love interest and he says happy birthday and she blows out the candle and eats the cake. And then she wakes up again to the same day and she's like, And I love that. Because I was pissed. And as the audience, you're like, like, what the hell? What? And she this killed is why the serial killer. What's happening? Nope. Yep. Um, now, can I tell you, this is one of the things that's great about this, Jay, is a film mm. like this would normally have her live her day four, maybe five times max. Mm. This is possibly the 20th, 30th time that she's yeah. been living her day, <laughs> yeah. so, which is why when that happens, we full-on go ballistic. Yes. Yeah. Like, what the hell? And because you want it for her. You want by, it for her. By death three. This killer was in my top three, but not for the way, um, not the reason I thought, not with the death or reason that I thought. Obviously, that was the moment where I went, okay, cool. But the only reason I thought this this killer, which we'll reveal shortly, mm. was in the top three is because they, they and it, it's the hair acting. Okay, so now I'm going to come to my thing before we do our big reveal. The thing that irritated me the most about Mm. this entire film is they put too much volume in her hair and her hair didn't really match what was going on with things and scenes and stuff. So she'd be moving around and her hair wasn't. And the reason, this is why they did that, because the killer had the slicked back hair. It's it's like someone in in the makeup department wanted to go a certain way with things. The only thing that irritated me about the film was the hair and the hair is what gave away. It kept I kept drawing my attention to the hair, which is why the only reason I thought it was um the killer was the killer was because their hair hadn't changed in any scene, just like hers hadn't, but everyone else's had. Wow. 
I don't wow. know what to say to that. I did, I, not something that I picked up on. Or... It's all, it was driving me crazy. So but I kept looking go. at everyone's, everyone's hair in the desk. Okay. Well, Dean, given that you've, you've, this is a good segue. Do you want to, do you want to talk about who the killer was and how we found out? So the killer is her roommate who poisoned the cupcake that she ate at the end of the day where she did everything because yeah. her roommate was who killed her because she stole a guy and didn't like her. Like it was the simplest yeah. of premises. Yeah. And then we have this brilliant fight in the room. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to write and create dorm rooms fight, to, a, a, a sorority girls fight in a dorm room to the death, this mm-hmm. is how you do it. And this yeah. is what I mean. This film just goes, bam, this is great. We yep. didn't need a reason. We didn't need an exposition. I don't like you. I'm going to kill you. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and, and I talking look- full circle, like we have been throughout the whole mm-hmm, episode, mm-hmm. the elements that they drop in, like the girl sitting out the front and all the different Yes, they, yes. The, the shots and elements that they drop in to foreshadow this moment are brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that that the whole serial killer piece was this red herring. Like it was a yeah, really yeah. believable so um, be- believable uh, plot point, you yeah. know, and it reminds me a little bit of Scream, the whole idea of like this, the killer that killed your mother years ago has come back and is now trying to kill you. Um, very kind of Sydney Prescott. So you, you yeah. could have imagined that, that that would be a very believable like plot point in a movie like this. And the fact that they're like, no, nah, no, nah, Fuck that trope. This is actually just, yeah. They actually make it kind of It's the fishing. They lured you in. Yeah. The roommate wasn't at the party. Like when you actually think back to it, Mm. they actually kind of, they don't make it obvious, but they, they don't shy away from it either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. No, this is. Just a really fun movie and and really well written. Um, And I I had seen it before, but it had been a while, so I watched it again. Um, And now that I've watched it again very recently, I feel like I'm ready to now watch the sequel. Um, Because I knew knew there were sequels. We need a sequel um, episode. Oh, Shory's saying no. Here's my other problem. They don't explain why she's reliving her day. It's just that That's what I liked about it. So this is what I will say. I love. Oh, they the, explain it in the sequel. Yeah. So oh, the first okay. one, I love that it left it up to whatever you think it's going to be. I don't. I love no explanation. But the yeah. sequel goes in depth in how it happened, and it, look, it makes sense. But it just sort of takes away the magic of the first one. I feel like a lot of sequels suffer that from that do? from that syndrome. They they take something that uh, they they try to tell too much. Yeah. They, they rather than going, what would be a really interesting follow up story to this movie? They go, how can we fill in all the what they see as gaps in the plot that aren't well, really gaps? I it's think just... I think that's all. The, but when you think about it, and especially in the media space that we live in now, people are like, we want to know this, we want to know this, we want to know this. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're you're stuck in one of two options. You can either do no, what they did on point. Lost and never give them an answer and yeah. have people get annoyed, or you can give them an answer. It's purgatory. Yeah. It's not yeah. what they wanted. That wasn't even what happened on. Lost. Okay, <laughs> let's let's just stop because I haven't finished Lost yet. Okay, um, cool. But um, I am. Don't I know people have said, "Don't worry," but I this one of those things like I'm too, I'm too far in to not finish. Where are you it up now. to? Like, Where are you? Where are you? I think I'm in the second last season. What's going on with the watching uh, that you're watching? <laughs> Stupid question. I know. Does anyone really know? Yeah, let's come back to that and another, okay, cool. another time. Table that. Okay. Yeah, let's table that. Um, we'll round. Let's round out this episode. We're, we're on Zoom. Let's, we need yes. to. Let's table that for the next episode. meeting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. look, 
One out of, th- out of three ain't bad. I haven't. Hey. Obviously, I missed out on hey. the first one. <laughs> we do have a Shuri certified, so please, let's be careful. I mean, that doesn't mean it's good, though, does it? <laughs> no, no I, I never said it was good. But it was fun. It yeah. was fun. It That's was a lot all of that fun. matters. And that, that is yep. all that matters, exactly. No, it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, happy death day to me. Yes. Well, hopefully. well no. no. Happy <laughs> Yeah, happy, um, happy no. birthday to me. Yay, happy Yay. birthday. Woo, happy birthday. <laughs> We've done well. We I don't have. Know how to round this out. I'll, 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 we'll have a pre record yeah. ending that I'll just chuck in and be we'll like, just, woo, woo, woo. yeah, we'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> yes. See yeah. you tomorrow. All right. Well, we're driving now. We're in in tomorrow's one. We're driving into found footage, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. The first first episode. I think we'll do at least two, but we're not sure yet exactly I think how many. But we'll do at I least. I feel like we're going to do more than two. There's so much in found footage. So much yeah, there out is. there. But um. Yep. Yeah. But you'll hear more about that tomorrow. All right. Till then. Bye. Bye. listening to Pot of the Damned. As a special birthday treat, I'm going to recommend some of my favourite horror novels. So for a classic, try It by Stephen King. For Possession Horror with a Twist, try A Headful of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. And for a great spooky cult read, try Last Days by Adam Neville, the same author of The Ritual, which was turned into a fantastic horror movie. We hope that you'll listen with us tomorrow and don't forget to follow, like and comment on our socials at Pod of the Damned on Twitter and at Podcast of the Damned on Instagram. And if you want to look us up online, find our website at www.podofthedamned.com. I am. Oh my god. Oh, I should have got my Udi. Although I call it I call it my slanky. <laughs> slanky. What's yours got on it? Yeah. German Shepherds. What are the little thingies? German Shepherds. Uh see, I, I oh. should go get mine because then we've got cat people and dog people represent because I've got a, a cat Udi, obviously. <laughs> and I'm just and in a sleeveless top as per usual. Yeah, because it'd be too warm for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Although, no, be... I am. I do have a kind of cool top on. I'm in my um Shit's Creek ah, Rose Apothecary jumper. That's a bit better. Yeah. I was trying to think. My I think my face was too close. That's better. Go with comfort. <laughs> Go with. Are comfort. you in bed? Yeah. Are you in bed, Shuri? Wow, yep. you really are. Like just full. Well, I was. Mode. I was going to set myself Shift up completely. Work. Like I was gonna set up last night. I was like, I'll set everything up in in the main room and da 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 da. And I've just put myself back into the study that I haven't actually used ever since the last lockdown. So it's just full of stuff. <laughs> yep. I just step rather than disconnecting the. Even sound that's system, just a nice a nice background, to be honest. Well, but that's better. That's better. Yeah, like well, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've squeezed myself into the study, and I'm just sitting here surrounded by. Like, I will take a picture. Yeah. Even, oh, well, I've just say, I've taken a photo of all of us already that I'm going to put on the Twitter yeah. if everyone's okay with it. Love yeah. it. Um, have I shown oh. you this mug, by the way? Wait. Oh, I'm have you seen the Moduk series on no. Disney Plus? Not yet. Have one episode. Is... It's very fun. Is that this Krang? Is my... It's Modok. Oh, that's Modok. Oh, it looks like Krang. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It does. Do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> but Modok was first.
Okay, what's Murdoch? I don't know what this is. <gasps> oh, that's Sorry. okay. It's literally It's the okay. mechanised organism designed only for killing. That is okay. a giant head. So kind of like Crank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all, hey. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 